This is the MyMac Podcasting Network. MyMac Podcast 347. With special guest co-host Elisa Paselli. Hey, Gaz. Watch me pull a podcast out of my hat. That trick never works. This time for sure. Nothing up my sleeve. Presto! Must have been the wrong hat. I usually take a size seven and a half. And now here's something we hope you'll really like. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMag.com podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the MyMac.com podcast. This is number 347, and uh, I've got Gaz here with me. Hey, Gaz. Good evening, Guy, or good morning, Guy, or good afternoon, Guy. Um, well, let me, look at the, let me look at the big clock on the wall. It says 5.24 <laughs> p.m., a little bit later than we, than we usually start. But um, considering that we're, we're putting together a show at all this week, <laughs> with, with all the craziness that's happened over the last two weeks, and my again, my apologies to everyone for the abomination that was the MyMac podcast number 346, and of course, it was entirely <laughs> my fault. Guy, I, look, <laughs> no more apologies. I think you did a great job putting that stuff together. In fact, I was quite amazed at how clever we sounded <laughs> yeah well you know um w when i first realized that there was just no way that i could do anything with the audio that i did with uh with elisa who was going to be on this week um Yay. i i knew the my only hope was either to not do a show at all and i didn't want to do that or try to do a best of and i'd never really kind of put one of those together but because I think you and I just are so friggin' goofy <laughs> on the air, it was easy to find stuff that I thought was pretty good to I put in the best of. Yeah, know, it was like it was like job. the first three or four episodes, and there was plenty of stuff to to make a show. If if you guys want to hear more of that, I'll, I'll tell put you what, a few I, more of those together. When I had, when I when I uh, when I heard that at the start, I thought, oh no, this is we are you know this is going to be so out of date. But I was quite amazed at how up to date it all sounded. You know the the stuff that we were talking about. So good job. Yeah, I, I was very careful in that I didn't want it to be based on. You know, okay, well, here's the latest, you know, 10.6 no, or 10.5 no, no. update or, you know, it, it, I wanted it to be at least topical. Yeah. So and that, talking talking about topical, yeah. I, I see a note in the uh, notes yes. uh, about about a sale. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The 24-inch the, the iMac that I, that I had when you and I originally were putting the show together sold it. Sold it through Craigslist. And I, mean, I put the, I put the, uh, the ad in last Friday. And by the time I got up Saturday morning, there were like six or seven people that, that wanted to buy it. And somebody came by last night, you know, and everybody was trying to say, $500, I'll only give you $375. It's like, look, this is what the price is, okay? It's $500. And, you know, first one that shows up at the door with cash in hand gets the Mac. And that's basically what happened. Guy showed up last night, handed me $500 after he, you know, verified that I wasn't selling them a plastic box filled with rocks. Yep, and uh, off he went with with my 24 inch iMac, and it's I'm I'm glad nice it's one. going to a good home. It's still going to get a lot of use. Nice one. Yep, nice one. Uh, because this is going to be 
probably kind of a long show. We should probably go ahead and get started right I away. I think we should. I think yeah. we should. Uh, why don't now, you start us off? Okay, so Battle of the Note apps, day one, from Elisa you Paselli. You say Paselli, and I say Paselli. And I'm not going to do that like, <laughs> after everyone, because she has got like a ton of articles this week, so I'm, I'm only doing that once, Elisa. Uh, the next one up is the Otterbox Latch Review from Mike Breed. Uh, next one, although there is tons of other stuff, yep. is Battle of the Note apps, day two. And who's that by? Um, uh, Lisa, someone or other. You say Pacelli, and I say Pacelli. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we had Wither Thou Tablet by Scott Wilsey. Uh, Battle of the Note apps, day three. From Elisa. I'm not going to do it. Okay, <laughs> I will do it. Mouse Pose 3, a video review by, oh, wait, Elisa Paselli. <laughs> well, okay, well, the next one should be different. Go ahead. Okay, uh, this, well, this one's slightly different. It's Battle of the Note Apps Day 4. <laughs> <laughs> and- from, a, from Elisa. <laughs> Blimey, how much are we paying her? Oh, not nearly enough. Oh, and your, your, Skype, your Skype is breaking up again. Okay, it? well, you carry on and do the next one, and I'll do my okay. And the next one is How Would Spaces Look on an iOS Device by Donnie Yankelo. And, uh, well, Gaz is still figuring that out. The next one is Mog on the Web, The Secret Life of Playlists. It's a Nemo memo. And this is a third part of an ongoing series about the Mog subscription uh, internet radio. Web interface and experience are featured. And that's by John John Nemo. Next one. Good man. Oh. He's back. You got He's the next back. one. Okay, it's Groove Three Video Logic Score Editor Explained. Uh, that's basically features how to review tutorial a video from Mark Seeley. And I think we just got all the way through. I think we did. Amazing. And uh, at this point, we're going to bring in we're going to bring in our special guest host for the week. Are you there, Elisa? I'm here and I'm exhausted. I know. And, and <laughs> you, you actually wrote like about three quarters of the articles that uh, have been on my Mac for, for the last two weeks. How do you do it? I don't know, but I'm going on sabbatical. <laughs> 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 um, now, uh, you were telling us just before we started the show that you're actually coming out with your own podcast. Yeah, it's been in the works for a couple of weeks, It uh, a couple of months, I should say. I've been working with Tim about it. We'll be under the My Mac umbrella. Uh, it's going to be called Learn My Mac, and they're going to be short video podcasts, say between five and ten minutes long, focusing on different things, different options and features on your Mac, say um, how to create a smart playlist in iTunes or how to use the, uh, you know, the menu bar, the different things that are up in the menu bar, things like that, you know, free yeah. options, free, any, no, nothing that will cost any money, free options, um, the standard buying, maybe Microsoft Word, you can use open office, just things like that. Sounds cool. Yeah. So uh, what are you, <laughs> big pause there. What are you, <laughs> what are you using to actually record the, your, uh, the, your screen captures? I have Screenium. Screenium. Uh, screenium. Yeah, yeah Gaz screenium, likes Screenium. Yeah, Screenium and Mouse Pose. And uh, I did one today. I was working on like a sample, and I put it together in iMovie. 
Now, are you going to be doing one of these? Like, is it like once a week or every two weeks or is it going to depend on your schedule? No, no more often than once a week. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's probably best. Yeah. Um, speaking Lisa, of, it, here's, yeah. here's a trick. Okay. Don't, don't commit yourself to once a week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or you, or you end up, or you end up like us, one of us, one of us. Well, especially now that it's nice here, it's 83 degrees right now. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. So you want to be outside. So I'll tell you what guy, you know what we're going to hear on all of Elisa's um, little podcasts. What's that? Bird, birds tweeting in the background. Yeah. <laughs> and, and with her, with her eyes constantly looking outside the window going, God, look how nice it is outside. Or Why me splashing in the pool. Podcast? Oh, you have a pool. Oh, yeah. oh, she has to go to the pool guys. <laughs> it's not big, but it serves the purpose. I've told you we were paying her too much. I yeah, know. I guess I, I've so. got, the, I've got like this little inflatable one. <laughs> But I got a diving board for it. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Speaking of podcasts, um, did, did either one of you listen to the last uh, Tech Fan? Yes. Yes, I yeah, did. At the very beginning, Tim and Dave were doing this bit, and they talked about how they were the only Yank and Brit podcaster team. Yeah, sort of. Sort of. Then they uh, corrected themselves, as, as Gaz and I have been doing this for a while. And actually, Tim, David, and I were, were doing, uh, along with David and myself, uh, we're doing the, the MyMac podcast for a while. And that's not even to mention the IMP podcast. Actually, I guess it's the IM podcast, isn't it? Drink. Yeah. Drink. I drink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, while usually hosted by a Brit, has, uh, has a yank on as well. Of some form or another. Yeah, I, I quite like the start to the tech fan. And so that was, was funny. I, I, enjoyed I was a little, I was a little annoyed that we didn't come up with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we should have. We should. But I was on holiday, you see. Yeah, I was on true. holiday adjusting all my photos. <laughs> oh, oh, we need. Yeah, uh, were we going to do that here in this first segment? Yeah. Well, basically, I, I, I've got a feeling because if you did listen to the tech fan, you'll notice or you will remember that. Uh, David may well be all on his own this week. Or next um, we, two weeks, actually. Yeah. So this week I may well be um, doing a little bit of a chat with him because um, he tweeted me about using Aperture and not having all of my database issues, which I don't think I've got any database issues with iPhoto. So basically what I did was use the MacBook Air and adjust, make lots of adjustments to um, all of the photos in iPhoto. And then I basically merged that database that I'd got into my one database where I keep all of the photos using uh, a little application, which I'll talk about later, which is my pick. Oh, your app pick. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. we'll save that for that then. <laughs> yeah. So let's, uh, let's go over some of the feedback we've gotten. Uh, we got some feedback from Twitter from Jolly Jape. You say Jolly Jape. I say Jolly Jap, oh, you sorry. big yank tank. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jolly Jap. Jolly Jap. He says he sees that Apple managed to make an announcement just after you got the show in the can. Again. And, of course, he's he's talking about uh, two weeks ago when we had uh, Don McAllister on. We were you know briefly talking about the uh, the Final Cut. Is it X or 10? I I'm not even sure. Announcement. And I was thinking that that announcement was going to be on Wednesday. I think I'd like to call it Final Cut Crosshairs. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Just turn, They just need to turn it like about 90 <laughs> degrees, and then it'll look like crosshairs. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I screwed that up. No doubt about no, it. Hardly a screw-up, was it, really? Well, I'd like, I'd like to think of it as a screw-up. Yeah, stop apologizing. I'm sorry. 
And I've told you, guy, don't think. <laughs> oh, well, well yeah. <laughs> Why start now? Um, under some tech news of the weird, uh, there's, there's an app in the iOS app store. I'm not even sure if it's still there called Diagnostic Pad. Uh, the app, the, the way that the app looks, looks very similar to the control panels that you'll see on, on, you know, navigation, things like that on Star Trek, the next generation starships. But in this case, it offers functions such as viewing and emailing, device information, battery status, network settings, GPS coordinates, accelerator di- data, blah, 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 blah. But it, it just looks cool. Every once in a while, I'd like to bring it up and, you know, just hit a button and say, engage, you know, just, just, just to see what it's like. But apparently, <laughs> CBS doesn't have the same potential sense of humor that I do because uh, he has, they, they have threatened a lawsuit against the developer saying that his app has the look and feel of things, you know, the control panels as seen on Star Trek, the next generation. Uh, the app as, uh, as I am writing, this was still available, but the developer says who doesn't, he doesn't have the resources to fight. It is going to have it pulled. And, you know, considering that there's not even Star Trek on the air anymore, you would think that they would be happy that somebody at least is, is putting out, you know, hey, here's something to remind you of this TV show that we've spent a lot of money on from buying the studio. And Well, it, this is where they just don't get it, isn't it? You know, the, I know you've got to protect yourself, but things yeah. like this, unless they're going to put something out, which they probably aren't, you know, talk to the guy, have a word with him, and it's, it's doing exactly what you say. It's getting people thinking about that Star show Trek, that everybody right. loves again you know and it's yeah they, they seem to be it, so oh, i don't know anal. well yeah you, you said it. Yeah. <laughs> it it's an homage it's an homage. Yeah, an homage well current currently it's still available and i'm downloading it now just to go yeah huh. just just to huh. just a thumb your nose at cbs yeah, there was, there's a thumb nosing to cb Ooh, yeah. what's that on my finger oh never mind um <laughs> Uh, were you a uh, Star Trek, Star really Trek thinking, watcher? At least is thinking, what have I done coming on this show? I think it's time for dinner. Uh. <laughs> were, were you a Star Trek uh, fan, Elisa? No, no sci-fi for me. Uh, okay, well, then we'll, <laughs> well move on. That conversation. Yeah, yeah, that one's dead. <laughs> hey, keep talking. But <laughs> uh, we also <laughs> we got some email uh, from, from Jolly Jap saying he got a new app on the Mac that he wanted to share called J.I. Touch or J.I. Touch. It's a multi-touch extensions app for both the Apple Magic Mouse and the uh, Magic Trackpad. It says, most Mac aficionados get off on keyboard apps like Quicksilver and Alfred. I like Alfred, but use it sparingly. However, my work is more editing than composing, and I am a crap touch typist. My first love for interaction was a trackball, which is what I use, uh, but they got left behind a bit, so I went back to the, to the mouse. An Apple Magic Mouse was good, but the Apple Trackpad has provided me with the best interface yet. Now it provides more. And I've actually given some thought to to getting a Magic Trackpad. But well, I've got one. I've got one. I just wish it was wired. I don't know why. Mm, yeah, no, I just don't it, like dealing with batteries, I guess. Well, the battery life on it is it's not too bad, but the I I I find the mouse I still I've got both to be honest with you. It's good for some things, but it's not so good for uh, other types of accurate stuff that you're looking to do. And um I find myself switching between 
both of them and I'm not really sure whether I could live with just a trackpad on its own. But I haven't uh, had time being away to try this uh, Gytouch. Um, which I might well, you know, give it a go and, and see yeah. whether it makes it more functional. The problem, one of the biggest problems with the, uh, the trackpad is when you're clicking and you find yourself clicking at the top, um, you have to put a lot more pressure on because obviously the buttons are at the bottom. So right. you know, forces mean that you have to press hard and it's, you know, it's not natural. It's not natural, said the actress to the bishop. <laughs> It says that it still has it still has some problems with the trackpad, but what it provides me is worth the uh, the seven dollar license key. He said that he particularly mm. likes the movement between tab the tabs and open link and tab functions plus app closing and move resize. The magic mouse has full functionality, and I'm hoping they will sort out the trackpad soon. Adding app launching and switching. Cheers, Jolly Jap. Thank you, Jolly Jap. Uh, now, I did get some feedback as well, an email from uh, Griffin Lovett. Oh, yeah, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Now, I, 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 yeah, I put my hands up. I read the, the email while I was away on holiday uh, and didn't. I did get a request from them to forward it on to you, which I forgot to do until tonight, which is a bit late <laughs> in the day. Yeah, but when, actually, when, when, you actually guy, said, when you actually said, oh, yeah, you got that email, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. And I, I was like, uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> so, but actually, uh, we perhaps like to see if uh, you could contact us and, and, you know, we'd like to perhaps get you on the show because I've seen it and I think the video is pretty cool. I think the making of the video is pretty cool. This is uh, a video. It's like a, a music video, um, which is from, it's called Eye of the Storm from Love It, I think they call themselves. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'd like them to come on and have a bit of a chat about it and they can promote it themselves. But if you go to um, Vimeo, uh, and search Eye of the Storm, you can see one the making of or the actual video itself. Pretty or, cool. Or you can watch both. Or you watch both. We may try and get them on. Yeah, oh, I hope we can. We'll have links in the show notes. We will. For for both the uh, the, the main video and the, the making of. And I'm, I'm going to watch that tonight. Um, next up, we got a – we actually got a Skype call. Can you believe it? <gasps> uh, Steps back in amazement. I, yeah, I was, I was stunned that we got a Skype call. <laughs> and uh, for those who, who don't know what a Skype call is, it's, <laughs> you, you pick up your phone and you dial 703-436-9501. Did I say that right, Gaz? Uh, probably. Okay. 703-436-9501. And leave us a message and then we play it on the show. And that's it. That's, that's exactly how it works. It's so easy. It's it's amazingly easy, which is good because I'm guy. Yeah. Guy, just play the damn call. <laughs> oh, okay. It's from Klaus. Here's the call. Hey, guy and gas. This is Klaus from Germany, and I just want to let you know you got it all wrong. I'm talking about that um, that story from about two weeks ago about Google, Italy, and the suggested searches. And you got it wrong because Google is liable for what the suggested search actually does. Let me explain to you why. Google is like a big library. The websites they index are like books. So far, it's really simple. However, if you consider the fact that the search is like the information desk, you will realize where the problem is. The search itself is completely unbiased. Well, they have an algorithm with some bias, but it doesn't matter so much. However, think of the suggested search like an over-eager librarian. You go to the librarian and you say, I need information about Guy. 
And the librarian suggests, oh, you mean guy that horrible podcast from <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be libelous because it's not true. You're awesome podcast. Oh, well, thank you. So there you go. In a library, you would call the director and tell him to tell his employee to stop. But who do you call with Google? Ghostbusters. That's right. You call the courts and you have them figure out whether what they do mm. is right according to the law of the country that you are in. And that's why you need to go to court. I don't think that's a very good lawsuit, but I think Google needs rules. And that's what courts are there for. Because we don't know what rules to apply. That's why we go and apply them with the courts. Well, anyway, thank you so much for the awesome podcast. I love listening to you guys. Have a great day. Oh, thank you, Klaus. I really appreciate that. And, 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 and I think I was arguing that, that yeah, you know, you Google, Google have got to kind of uh, appreciate which country they're in and abide to. I think I was being a little bit easy on them by saying just they've got to abide to the culture. But he's spot on, absolutely spot on. Well, I, I still don't know if I agree, but um, <laughs> what can I say other than... I'm a leaf on the wind. That's right. I am a leaf and, on and the thank, wind. And thanks for the Skype call. Yeah. Oh, thank you so very, very much, 703-436-950. Oh, here we go again. How many times <laughs> can you say it in one show? Oh, I bet I can say it a lot more times. Yeah, yeah. You know, but oh, at yeah. least, at the very least, it's not this. No, 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 no. And um, I, I think we need to take a break, guys. I think we do. I think Elise has fallen asleep. <laughs> you know, either oh. that, either that, or, or just wondering what the hell she's gotten herself into. <laughs> so, um, yeah. oh, oh, which reminds me, uh, John Nemo sent me some recordings, and it's this one guy saying "stand by" to "stand by" in different languages. And if anyone can tell me what language this is. I would appreciate it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Me will sein. Bald sein zurück. And you. I need you. Sundress. Will be rain. And you. I need you so. Could you help me in? If you're a fan of Apple's iOS devices, such as the iPhone, iPod Touch, iPad, and even the Apple TV, please listen to my new podcast called The Pocket Size Podcast. It's available on MyMac.com and, well, even iTunes if you search really, really hard. Anyway, it stars myself, Scott, and my co-host, Peter. And don't forget about me, your loyal and faithful Macintosh computer. You were going to mention me, weren't you? Uh, sure. Pocket Size Podcast is a MyMac.com podcast. Find it at MyMac.com. Thank you for listening. We won't forget you, the little people. You do know that if I could record and edit this entire podcast on my iPhone, I would do it, right? Ouch. That hurts. I'm going into sleep mode now. where everything and everyone is good and great. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome back to the MyMac.com podcast. 
before we're going to jump straight into a review, aha, uh-huh, a review on a product. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. And guess what? It's neither Guy or I that are going to review. It's Mr. Steve McShane. And, well, he's also a McShane. I was going to say that at the end. Oh, at the, it, oh. <laughs> so I, I, I jumped the gun. Go on. Do it. Oh, okay. Guy and Gaz, greetings from the SpartansInc.net. This is I McShane, or Steve McShane, with uh, your Go Mic review. Um, first, I like it. This is being recorded on the mic, and overall, I think it does the trick. So uh, tell me what you think after you're, after you're done here. When you first Loved open the it. box, it looks cute. That goes away quickly when you take it out. It's <laughs> oh, approximately great. the size of an old-school Zippo cigarette lighter. So it's about one inch by two inches. The mic and stand are connected, and the stand is very sturdy. The assembly is metal with a clipping mechanism that's very tight. It latches onto the back of my laptop easily, and although it wasn't built for an iPad, the strength of the clip is such that it won't fly off easily if you move the iPad. Uh, and I was very impressed with the dual protection it had. Uh, Samson added rubberized pads to the inside of the clip, so even if the contours of my first-gen iPad didn't, it didn't still didn't seem to come off. Incidentally, I tried clipping it over the OtterBox protector I have on the iPad itself, and it had no trouble at all. If you've seen the OtterBox protectors, it's a lot larger than just the regular iPad. Um, for recording purposes, uh, it provides a cardioid uh, or omnipolar patterns, as Gad oh, so Gaz noted. Um, if it probably wouldn't need any sort of drivers, and it did not. I plugged and recorded on my Mac Mini and an iPad with no real trouble at all. There's also an output on the mic for monitoring with headphones. Really, the negatives that I found, uh, Samson didn't make it for the Mac, so the device comes with Cakewalk audio software, and that seems to be a PC only. I popped it in. There was nothing on there that would satisfy a Mac, so that was kind of a bummer. Um, also, there's a 6-foot USB cord that comes with it. I really didn't understand that, unless you're going to be setting the uh, mic up on a table and then stretching it out a ways. Um, USB, uh, six-foot USB cord just seems excessive to me. I really can't see Guy walking around uh, Macworld with a six-foot cord hanging off of his uh, iPad doing interviews. I could just I put it on top of my head. Um, anyway, uh, overall, I dig the mic. Yeah. Um, I haven't gotten to use it for the pubcast yet, as I'm still struggling with the software for, on the iPad and pondering the notion of using multiple mics which is going to present a whole number, another uh, yes, yes, number of will. issues. So, um, but we're working on it. So I hope that helps. I hope it gives you kind of an idea. i am try to put together some video, and I'll probably get that up on a, on a YouTube link or something later. I'll shoot you guys a, a note with that. But anyway, I appreciate all the, the comments and uh, the ideas. It's really helping to point me in the right direction. So for a newbie at this stuff, it's greatly appreciated. Again, thanks, Jedi's of Podcasting, and you guys can cut <laughs> me off right here. Jedi's of podcasting. Oh, oh Jedi's we are. <laughs> Jedi's we are. Podcast we will make. Actually, I do a pretty good Yoda. No. <laughs> oh, good Yoda, I do. It's a bit of a high pitch. Must have been Yoda's mother. <laughs> well, no, it's just Yoda after like a really, really bad Saturday night. Okay. Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks. Thank you very much, Steve. We really appreciate that. We like feedback yep. of, of any. Any shape or form that yours was, was, that was good. That was completely good. outstanding. Yeah. Well, the one thing he left out is how much does it cost? Oh, you know what? I just bought one, and I think it's around. It's it, it's under a hundred dollars. It, it's not a super lot of money, but considering 
that it can be used as a uh, a mobile microphone with mobile devices, you know, six foot USB cord notwithstanding. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I I think uh, I think I'm going to enjoy it. I think that this is going to work out pretty good for me. Now I, I have the what is it the the Mikey from Blue Microphones, but that only works. Currently, the current version only works with the iPhone 3GS. It doesn't work with the iPad. It doesn't work with the iPhone 4. So I was really looking for something for when I go to Macworld next year that I can use to record with. Because as I've said before, I am not taking a Mac to Macworld next year. Yeah, that's what that's what you keep telling us. And just so you know, um, Elisa, in the UK, it's around £40 available. So uh, Yeah, so it's under $100. Uh, there was a couple of bug, or sorry, there was a, a couple of updates that came out recently. There was iOS 4.3.2, mostly bug fixes for iOS yeah. devices newer than and the I, third gen iPod Touch. Did that leave yeah. you out? Yeah, I, I, I don't like that update. Why? I think it, because I think it stopped me connecting some of my USB devices to my iPad, and I'm not happy. I'm not a happy bunny, <laughs> it, this being Easter. Yeah. Well, it's gone Easter now, I suppose. Well, speak. Uh, how was your Easter? <clears throat> it's fantastic, thank you. Yeah, I ended up going to uh, my my brother's house. He lives in, in this, this part of Maryland near the Delaware border called Harvard de Grace, and his wife his wife is Spanish, and she is possibly the best cook ever. She made this lamb that I thought I could just not eat enough of. So, of course. Like a dog, I made myself sick eating too much. Thanks for that, guy. Yeah, well, I just wanted <laughs> to mention I'm that. Really, I'm really pleased you took that diversion. Yeah, well, it's, it's what I do. It's anyway, I do. Back, back to iOS 4.3.2. <laughs> I do believe they've actually stopped some uh, adapters or some USB connectors because I couldn't. I used to be able to connect my um, – I've got a – card reader which is a multiple card reader which i put the card from the camera in um mm -hmm. because it's not an sd card it's compact flash and um it won't use it now after that, since oh, the, did, this did update you buy, it, did you buy one of those those other uh 30 pin connectors for for uh for ios devices made by somebody other than apple no, 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 no. This what what I do. This is this is a compact flash reader, and it's got a USB connector on it. Oh, and, okay. And I've okay. and I've got the camera that. connection kit, so I just connect that up to the USB connection because um, they do the SD card reader in, yes. in the kit, but they don't do um, uh, a compact card reader. So I just use that to connect to the USB connection, and it used to be fine. But since this recent update, it says it's not compatible. Wow, I wonder what they what they could have done. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'd say not a happy bunny. Mm. Anyway, there's there's a few poor other bunny. updates. Poor yeah, bunny. there was poor bunny. Uh, there were some people that were having problems with FaceTime freezes, which I don't have to worry about since I'm still on a 3GS. Will no doubt be delighted. Yes, yes. And Safari has also been updated. Yep. Uh, it should be now version 5.0. What five an odd point thing to call a Safari update. Five <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I did it so well. 5.0 point. I did it again then. 5.05. And it's got, It's a new security update. We shouldn't be joking about this. I know. It's so, it's it's very serious. <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't updated, 
go to your little Apple icon in the menu bar and do a software update check. Yep. And uh, iTunes has also been updated to 10.2.2, released with the usual claims of bug fixes and so on. Ah, dear. Yeah. Um, Final Cut crosshairs. (laughs) That just sounds so wrong. Oh, it's... It's so it's so inside baseball, Gaz. <laughs> I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. Is that no, some, no, not is a that clue. some is that some sort of rounders? Yeah, I think so. Uh, it was demoed at the uh, National Association of Broadcasters Final Cut Pro Super Meet on April 12th on the the same day we did the podcast two weeks ago. And and what an update it turned out to be. The traditional timeline is gone, replaced by what Apple is calling a magnetic timeline, which looks to me to borrow some design cues from another uh, movie editor, an open source one called Hyper Engine, though it doesn't really work in the same way. Uh, to me, it just kind of looks like it. Uh, it's been finally rewritten completely into Coco and is going to be 64-bit, which means, of course, that uh, Final Cut Pro editors will be able to use more than four gigabytes of RAM, which they couldn't do before. Uh, it, it renders on the fly like iMovie. And uh, well, what have I got here? I'm losing my place. And many other editors already. D- God, that, what a horribly written sentence. Who wrote this? I wrote this, didn't I? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> no wonder you don't write on the MyMac website. No, no. <laughs> oh, my God. This is anyway, I've got to say, there were lots of reviews. That, you know, some people were you know, semi-slating it, but I think since yeah. the dust has settled down, there are a lot of people saying that this is going to be really good. This is going to be really good. Well, you- and I, I've got a feeling that they're also making the interface a little bit like iMovie. So people, everybody gets iMovie if they get a new Mac. So they use iMovie. Well, and they was- think, I, I want to do more. And now... If they, they spend three hundred dollars, yeah. and they can move, and they can move up, and not have to relearn too much. Obviously, they will have to learn it because it's it'll do so much more. But yeah, I th- I think uh, they're playing the long game here. Well, it, it's going to be a standalone app on the Mac App Store for three hundred dollars. Yep. Now, I think uh, one of the questions that a lot of people have been asking that hasn't been answered yet is what about all those Final Cut Pro plugins? You know, people. There are people. I mean, the cost of Final Cut Pro Seven, you know, for the whole suite, was if you, if you didn't have a previous version, about a thousand dollars. There are people that have spent multitudes more than that for specific Final Cut plugins to do specific things. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I, 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 I've got a feeling that, I, that I've heard. Two things. I've heard somebody say all oh, those plugins will be around the same. So if you want all of the plugins uh, that came basically um, with the uh, Final Cut Pro previously, it, it'll end up costing you much the same as it did before. But I've equally heard the counter argument that they'll be doing them as much cheaper add-ons that you know people will just buy as as they want them. So um, we don't know because Apple haven't. I haven't been specific on that yet. Yeah, but, your but, Skype is acting up again, dude. Okay, yeah. I'll, uh, you carry, you guys carry on, and I'll, I'll do, the, I'll do the little trick I do. <laughs> okay. Um, now, now, you don't, you, you're just kind, are you just kind of getting your feet wet with video editing, Elisa? Yeah, um, yes and no. I used to do a lot when the kids were younger. 
You uh-huh. know, there's soccer games sure. put into iMovie, but those are just pretty much simply just put it into iMovie, export it, burn it onto a DVD. Now I'm using iMovie 8. I, this, I have iLife 08. So I'm using iMovie 08, and I'm just trying to learn how to do certain things with that now. Uh, now, you've got the Mac App Store, right? Yes. I would I would highly, highly recommend that you go and download the latest version of iMovie, which I think it's like $15. Yeah. It is so much better because iMovie 08 or the version of iMovie that came with iLife 08 was the the big departure from iMovie HD, which came before it. And it honestly, I couldn't stand it. I, I hated iMovie 08 and I hated iMovie 09. And it had set me against it so much that when I got the latest version of of iLife that I didn't even look at iMovie for a while. I mean, that's how much I despised it. And, of course, I was was using uh, Final Cut Pro, and I was testing out uh, Adobe Premiere Elements, which is also a very good video editor. So I didn't even really have a chance to even look at it. And when I finally did have an opportunity... It was much better than the previous versions that I had worked with. So I would highly recommend, you know, spending the however much it is. It's like yeah, 10. I think it's fifteen, fifteen dollars. Okay, yeah. But, but let's ask, yeah, let's ask you this question, Lisa. If if you really did get into video, if you think you're going to start doing quite a bit, mm-hmm. would three hundred dollars be too much for you to think? All right, I really want to go that step further, or do you think it's achievable? Um, for what I'm doing, it's overkill. Okay. Um, for other people, it's fantastic. But for, I think for what I'm doing, because as you know, with Screenium, it's pretty self-contained. Yeah. Yeah. So all you do is just basically drag that into iMovie and just add, you know, a little bit at the beginning, a little bit at the end, cut here and there, you're done. Yeah, it's it's whether you start to take it that next step step on in iMovie itself, and, and whether i you find iMovie then being restrictive. Um, that's that's the thought process I was I was going along, yeah. which of course you probably won't know until you start doing a lot more of it. Of course, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's too soon in the process for me to make that that call. Did you yeah. ever try uh, Camtasia? No, the only one I've tried was the Screenium. And it w- is that one free or is that one? Uh, it was, oh gosh, I did a review on it. It's about $40, I believe it's isn't it? $20, $29. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's not yeah, bad. This is bad. Yeah. yeah Camtasia good. is kind of the same thing where um, you've got this interface. You can bring in video and have it move around in different directions and throw in external um, uh, audio and, and all kinds of things like that. I really, I really liked Camtasia. I think I did a review on that like, yeah. two years ago. There's that, and there's a ScreenFlow, is it? Yeah, I don't. Screenflow? I don't think I've ever tried that. Yeah, I figure. Well, they're, they're those those two programs you mentioned are about a hundred dollars. So I say, well, let me start out small and work my way up. Yeah, actually, I have to take that back. I do have it. Sometimes yeah. it's hard to remember with the, the freaking <laughs> hundreds of apps that I have. So. <laughs> you do have ScreenFlow? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And I also have um, Camtasia. Uh, the one I don't have is Screenium, which is the one that you and Gaz have been talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another another option that you might want to think about, Elisa, if if you kind of like the 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 iMovie interface, would be and I talked about it just a little while ago. Uh, Adobe's Premiere Elements. Mm-hmm. 
which gives you things like multiple video tracks, multiple audio tracks, you know, some of these things that you can't get with iMovie at a much lower price. I think it's like $80 as compared to jumping into something like Final Cut, which is 300 Now, one really nice thing that I saw in the video demo that they had for Final Cut Pro Crosshair, oh, sorry, Final Cut Pro <laughs> X, was uh, um, they have really seemed to have stepped up the color management. So I'm wondering as far as other apps go, because you have color, you have motion, um, you know, DVD Studio Pro. I wonder if they're even going to update some of these other apps and put them in as, as separate downloads in the Mac App Store. You know, if, if color works as well as they showed it in that demo, would, would there really even be any reason to have a separate program to do it? And again, that's something that I've heard others talking about and then saying that if it does work as well as the, the demo, then color won't be required uh, as a as an extra app as it stands at the moment unless they come out with something else whereas motion i think um is a little bit more of a powerhouse and required required as a you know an extra on top if if you yeah. need it yeah i i've i i have motion and i've played around with it but in order to learn motion you basically need to block off like a week and a half and do nothing but yeah. use yeah. motion yeah. For, yeah. yeah don't don't sleep don't eat just sit there and use motion you see you see, in a year's time, Elisa will be coming back on and she'll be such a, a video geek that she'll be able to tell us all about it. And she'll, Let's hope so. And she'll, and she'll <laughs> laugh at us. She'll laugh at us for not, for not knowing how to do multiple bezier curves in motion. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Let's, 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 let's put that on the calendar. Let's go into the second it. break. Yeah. Let's go into the second break with that thought. Okay. All right. Elisa, you want to take us out? Do you know what to say? Okay, stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back. That's it? Cool. MyMac family of podcasts, Tech Fan, hosted by Tim Robertson and me, David Cohen. If it moves air and it keeps you cool, then this is the podcast for you. We cover ceiling fans, desk fans, swamp coolers and air conditioners. If it's to do about air displacement and you want to geek out on that, then this is right up your street. Hello? Oh, hi, Tim. Yeah, I'm just recording a trailer for the new podcast. What do you mean you've reconsidered the concept? What, you don't want to cover fans anymore? Technology? Well, I suppose, yeah, we know a bit about it. Well, you've been doing it for 20 years or so, haven't you? You want to geek out on technology instead? Well, how are we going to change the name of the show, then? Oh, I see. Fans of technology. Okay, I guess that'll work. You're the boss. Okay, catch you later. Tech fan. It's not about fans, but it is about tech. Riding the short bus to mediocrity. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. 
back to the last segment of the MyMac.com podcast. And uh, we still have Elisa. She was uh, crazy enough to stay with us for the third segment. Hey, Elisa. Hey. Hello. And uh, Gaz, I think, is still with us, unless his, unless Skype is, is being naughty to him again. Well, I don't know. It's been pretty naughty so far. It but, has uh... been. <laughs> so uh, at, at some point, if it starts to act up again, you know, Gaz has said, just go ahead and tell him. And, and I will. I'll just, I'll just cut him right off. Cut him off at the knees. Yeah. Um, the the first thing we wanted to talk about during this break was uh, Apple's second quarter results, which were, I, I think, just amazing. I mean, almost 4 million Macs, a 28% increase over the same quarter a year ago. 4 million Macs. Now, you know, now Gaz, you're a relative newcomer to the platform. Yep. But back in like 2001, 2002, when uh, OS X was first kind of taking hold, if Apple sold one and a half million Macs in a year, that was like, wow, that's great. Now here we are in a single quarter, 3.76 million Macs. And something I heard was, that now, of course, this is according to Apple, so you can you know put whatever rose-colored spin you want on it. Is that they're saying that according to their retail sales, that well over half of those are to people that are new to the platform. Well, I think it has to be, doesn't it? Yeah, almost. And and what what the, the one the the one thing that I find or I think I've found that once you've got a Mac you'll probably get another Mac and another Mac. Now, I had a PC, but I certainly didn't go out and buy lots more of them. (laughs) (laughs) But once you've got one Mac, you know, I've got got the Mac Mini, which I'm running on now. Uh, I've got the Mac Mini downstairs, which is a server. We've got a laptop, which is a Mac. Um, And it, you know, it just kind of gets you and you you think it works. It just works. So I'm going to, you know, um, I'm quite confident now to get another one. I know that I can sync them together. And, you know, you just become, you know, I think the Kool-Aid seeps out and, you know, draws into your skin, really, when you're using them through the keyboard. It just it drills right so, into your brain. So, um, um, and that's another point, actually, I thought you was going to bring up, is the fact that how successful the stores have been doing. And the fact that they've got so much control over the whole process is one thing is, I think, they've just got it right. They've just got it right. Well, well guys, guys, like you said, it just mm. works. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's a lot of it right there. I think that there are a lot of people out there that, you know, when when you listen to arguments against the way Apple does business in a relatively closed manner, you know, their big argument is, well, I, I can't pop in this video card or, or I can't just do this or I can't just do that or I, I, I can't go into the command line and, and play DOS games from, from, you know, 1988. And that's exactly where I was. That's exactly where I was guys. I guy, because I thought, well, if I'm going to go to a Mac, I've got to get the MacBook pro or the Mac pro so I can make, you know, I can put a different video card in. So I, because that's exactly what I was used to doing on the windows side to make it, to make it work. And now I'm living quite happily with a Mac mini. Yeah. And what a lot of people, and what people like that, the way you, used to be uh, don't understand is that and and i count myself in in this same thing is that the geeks that are really into computing is not the norm out there 
most people want yep. to buy a computer, go online, check their email, play a little bit of Farmville or, or wh whatever it is that, that helps them pass the time and then turn it off and not get an, worry get about an, it. Get an iPad. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and Apple, with their relatively closed way of, of doing business, this this is what they give the consumer. They give them an end-to-end -end process That's for it. buying got, and computing. Yeah, they've got the complete control over it. Yeah. Well, the the other thing that's that's important is like, uh, for example, my youngest son has a Windows computer for college, and he's had problems with it. And the two of us are jumping through hoops trying to figure out what the problem is and what we do to fix it. When you have uh, a Mac, if you lure close enough to an Apple store, you can just walk into the Apple store and say, what's the problem? Yeah, and usually the, it's yeah. something simple that they can just say, oh, it's this, they fix it, you're out of there. Yeah, whereas with Windows... Yeah, yeah I knew you'd use that somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> but, no, but, seriously, but seriously, we are jumping through hoops trying to figure out what the problem is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you don't have that problem with the Macs. Yeah, and, and this, or, is, this is really why, you know, I mean, l let's face it, for six or seven years now, every single time one of these results comes out, Basically, I mean, you could take their their press release for some of these you know release these result these quarterly results that they put out and just copy and paste them because it's almost always the same thing. There's yeah, this I'm, great I'm, I'm, upsurge. Oh, your your Skype is freaking out again. Okay. Ah, so frustrating. Um, this is this represents that. People are, you know, especially, and, and you've talked about this in the past, Gaz, is that things like the iPod and the iPhone and now the iPad are, seem to be like gateway drugs to OS X. Not yeah. necessarily to Macs in general, but just that they want an easier experience in computing. And OS X, and no matter if you get a Mac, anything from a MacBook, low-end MacBook, to a high-end Mac Pro, this is what Apple is going to give you. They're going to say, okay, here is this wonderful computing experience for the most part. You know, if every, every, every platform has its problems. Yes, um, and we'll be, we'll be talking about one of those problems in a minute. Yes, we will. And But they're, they're saying here, here it is. Everything works pretty much like we said it is. You don't have to go into settings. You don't have to do anything. Just oh. turn it on, enjoy yourself, and then when you're done, walk away. Yeah, and so, they all work together. Yeah. Yep. So, as Guy said, great second quarter. Mm -hmm. And it'll probably yep. continue, but uh, I'm just, you know, the bubble will burst at some point. And, uh, oh, eventually, uh, sure. Eventually. But yeah. it's good good for now. Yep. Now. Now, they sold, well, before we get started, let, let's finish this up. They, they sold almost 19 million iPhones. They sold nine, uh, I guess the only down part was they only, they only sold 9 million iPods, which was a 17% decline. And now this is just in a quarter. They sold f uh, about 4.7 million iPads. And the only reason why they didn't sell more was because they didn't have them to sell. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Good, clean, wholesome fun. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I love I love soundboard. Thank you, Ambrosia Software, for making soundboard. 
That's not what Gaz would say, but that's what I'm saying. Are you there, Gaz? Yeah, I'm trying to keep quiet. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on to the next story. Um, Go ahead, Gaz. Yeah, this is this is where basically Apple is evil, and they are watching you. Everywhere you go. (laughs) Now, (laughs) the story came out of the UK's Guardian, um, and obviously a few other sites have picked it up, and people are running with it. And now, I think the uh, there's I've actually mentioned this story on the IMP podcast, but it was there's a senator who's in charge of a particular um, panel that uh, are now asking why does the iPhone keep personal information? Why does it check where your location is and why does it keep that location? Uh, and this has kind of blown up and blown up and blown up. And yeah, it's got, mostly it's, by it's, people it's, that have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, because, I, I mean, <laughs> that's the one thing with the internet. If you're going to talk on it, people are going to know where you are. I mean, one of the things that people do on Twitter is this, is it, there's a location app, which yeah. I keep, is it Gowala? Something I'm not like sure that. if that's the one, but I mean, and one of the things that this little piece of information also does is help all of those location services, which make the interaction with the iPhone and the iPod touch and the iPad, um, so useful. And without it, Basically, you might as well go back to an old Nokia 6310, which is what I've still got. Um, But the thing is, I think think Apple have – they're not doing anything nefarious here. It's it's part of the process of having a smartphone. What I think they need to do is just make it a little bit more obvious to people that they are keeping and storing this piece of information on the iPhone – you have to keep it safe. It is backed up on your Mac. So, again, you might want to make sure that it's kept safe or backed up somewhere yeah. where it's secure on your Mac because it does basically keep a track of where you're going and where you're – not where you're going because it but can't tell you, you where you're going. But it keeps, <laughs> it, it keeps, looks into it keeps, the future. <laughs> <laughs> but it keeps a track on you and it keeps a rough location on you know where you've been. Now, some people on the positive side are actually saying – It'd be useful to actually be able to access this because you could use it once you're back home to, you know, do other stuff like, you know, find out where you were three hours ago when you walked past a restaurant. So, you know, let's take take a of. Yeah, it's sort of, sort of. But it's not always that accurate. It, well, no, but it could give you, you know, a guide, and, it's, yes. the, the, and that's the point. It's not that accurate. It's being used for location services. Yes, Apple perhaps need to tell people that it's, you know, whether it's going to be turned on or off. And Google do it with their phones, and perhaps they yeah. tell people a little bit more. They give a little bit more information about, um, you know, the fact that it's it's working and it, and that it's running. Uh, but most smartphones will need this to make them smart. No, all smartphones. Okay, all smartphones yeah. need this to make them smart. Now, there, in my mind, that there's a couple of things that Apple could do to make basically make this go away uh number one it's currently storing information i think like up to a year from the time that your location services are turned on all they would have to do is say okay well we're only going to keep this information on your phone and on your backups for say a a week okay that takes that takes the wind out of the sails of all the people freaking out about this 
uh, most of them anyway. Uh, the other thing they could do is, uh, at least on the backup, well, I guess, I guess on the phone as well, is add some form of encryption so that it can't just easily be accessed. And that would that would in essence take take this away from from the people that are screaming about it. Now we were talking about, you know, Google's Android OS does something very very similar, and but they they do some of the steps that I just that I just talked about, and they do have an opt in system for a lot of their location services, but for the most part it's buried, or they tell you, okay, if you don't opt in this service isn't going to work. So what do most people do? They leave it on. Yep. So the, and the other thing that, that a lot of people aren't getting about this story and, and some of these senators in, in Congress that are talking about this should probably do a uh, little Google search themselves so that they don't sound so stupid is that yes, Apple does collect some of this information. However, it is stripped of anything that IDs who the person is or what the phone is that, you know, where this information is coming from. It's essentially just tracking information to, I guess, to see where their iOS devices are going so that they can see, okay, well, here are these cell towers, here are these Wi-Fi networks and blah, 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 blah. You know, that's in essence all Apple is getting out of this. They're not saying, I want to see where Elisa Pacelli was on April 24th, 2011 at 2 15 PM. Let me look in my database. Click, 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 click. Well, well, let's, put it, well let's put it this way, guy. If yeah. they are, have they got enough people to make use of all of the millions of devices that they are? Tracking <laughs> That's a good point. Um, <laughs> you know, probably let, not. Let's, let's, uh, you know, I think it's a bit of a storm in a teacup, yeah. but Apple have got a, Play um, play the game a little bit here yeah. and, and 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 open up and, well, and it does, make it clear to everyone. So part of the reason part of the reason why will. I think it needs to be encrypted, uh, there is a current I think there's a current lawsuit happening in Michigan because the Michigan police are using this tool where if they arrest you or stop you, they basically can take your phone, plug it into this other device and get all of your location-based data off of it within a couple of minutes. Yeah, ra just, what, rather than going to the network and, and asking all the networks where you've been. Because, right, because you know, they have all that any, information any, too. any network has all that information about That's you. That's how they know so. how to bill you. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Elisa? <sighs> okay, it's, thank it's, you. Good yeah. night. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it, you know, it maybe it should concern me, but it doesn't. No, it yeah, doesn't. This, yeah, I think I think Gaz is right when he says this is kind of a storm in a teacup. Yeah, is that what you said? Yeah, in essence. In essence, yeah. <laughs> I think I actually said it, and and it's not you know essence, in a essence essence of tea because <laughs> <laughs> you can't have enough tea. Uh, <laughs> the last thing we wanted to talk about tonight before we end the madness. Um, wanted to, to briefly go over, uh, what people think about, uh, the, the next version of OS 10, uh, 10.7 lion and, uh, find out what are some of the things that, that Gaz has heard, or Elisa has heard about it and, and what do they think about it? Gaz? 
Well, I've not, to be perfectly honest with you, Guy, I've not done much uh, research on it because, one, I'm not a developer, so I've not got uh, a developer version, um, you know, to check it out and check yeah. all the extras that uh, are on there. I have looked at the website and thought, yeah, okay, you know, but it's all the, the big end stuff which you expect. Um, I've certainly heard quite a lot about the um, the image size because I've heard that there are some very large icons capable on the next um, device, but and that kind of leads into the fact that the OS could then support high or um, retina display um, image. Or it could be that they're also looking at having bigger screens or bigger displays available. Could that mean Apple TV TVs? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, there, aren't any, there aren't many features other than um, the screen sharing um, which I thought was quite useful, and that screen sharing, or you know, being able to um, go onto another from one device link to another device, uh, which I do quite often, uh, and screen share with that device. But if someone else is logged in to their account, you then obviously only see their screen. Well, they've, they're making it so that you can actually screen share with another device. Um, and even if someone else is on that device, you can then log into your own account and interact with your own account, which uh, will be really useful. What about you, Elisa? Well, I guess I haven't really seen a copy of it. I've just seen what's on the website. But there's a couple things that look interesting, like the full screen apps like you have on the iPad. Yes. The only thing about that, though, is I like having the dock down at the bottom available. So we'll have to see how that one goes. And the other thing I like, well, I'm looking at the page right now. It says more gestures and animations. I, even though I have a MacBook, I don't like using gestures. It's just never, never caught on with me. Yeah. But I do like the auto save feature that they're going to have that automatically saves your work. So you don't have to worry about losing something, you know, if you're, if it crashes. Yes. And, the other thing I like is the versions, which is kind of like the time machine. So you can go back yeah, and get a previous, app. yeah. So you can get a previous copy of something that maybe that you wrote, and you can't remember. You like that one better than what you have now. You can just go back and grab it. Now, so that one I thought was kind of good. One thing, one thing that I w I just heard today as I was perusing some of the sites is that one of the rumors is that Front Row is going to be or is not going to be part of 10.7 and I, you know, Gaz, you're a user, you have a, a Mac mini that you use as a media server, but you're not using front row. No. Um, it, it doesn't do enough of, um, it's not got a, a good enough interface to be used as part of the media server. There's uh, like a primary way to, no, to view content. No, it, no, no, it just, it just doesn't cut it really because, um, one of the things that I found was that you couldn't get enough information you know, like the interface that you get on the Apple TV, it gives you all sorts of commentary and information and decent screenshots. Um, and if you're going to use uh, Front Row to uh, to do that, you have to start putting images into folders and subfolders, and there's a lot of workarounds to make it look good. Um, so yeah, I tried it and for about five minutes, not it. <laughs> now you're using what Plex? No, 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 no. Actually, I don't. I, I, I don't. Plex didn't do it for me either. One, the biggest reason is, is this I, like is this like a whole other story? 
It, it is a whole other story, but the biggest, <laughs> and ov- the biggest and easiest reason um, that I can give you is why I didn't use Plex is because it couldn't play um, DRM'd content through iTunes. Oh, oh, so what are you using now with it? Well, I use the Apple TV. That's, I mean, that was, that was the, that's the easiest thing for the family. Basically, um, it's being used as a server. If we watch DVDs, obviously we put the DVDs into the Mac Mini. Um, but I always used to have a Mac Mini as a, uh, a server, uh, for the iTunes oh, content. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I'm so sorry. That, that, I, I so, misunderstood. So, yeah. So the, the, the Mac Mini just sits there as the, the iTunes server for all the content and it streams it to the Apple TV. And if we need to use, and I, I still use the Mac Mini for other bits like DVDs and, and when we're web surfing through the TV. Okay. Okay. I understand. Um, I guess that's going to about do it for the stories that we have this week. Uh, let's, let's go right into app picks. Uh, let's start off with Elisa. What have you got? And okay. I know this, this is kind of a, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, deja vu. <laughs> yeah. Um, my web, uh, my web, you didn't, my... you didn't, you didn't pick this last week. Did you, Elisa? She might have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> No, my uh, my app pick is a crossword puzzle game called Abble Dabble. It's similar to Words with Friends or Scrabble in the respect that you have double letters, triple letters, double words, and triple words. But it's just – it's the coolest thing. It's only 99 cents if you get the paid-for version or you can get the free version with ads. But it's really cool. And the thing that I like about this game better than the other two games is that when you put your letters down, it tells you right away – if the word is good and what the point value is. Now, plus, if, well, there, plus, if there are words that, that it doesn't have in its, in its library, can you add them in if they're legitimate? No, not to my okay. knowledge. No. But so, and believe me, I just put letters down and go, oh, it's a word. Cool. And, you know, hit the send button. Uh, but what it also does is those value tiles move. So it's not like Scrabble where you say, okay, I'm going to put these letters down this time, and then next time I'm going to use these letters for this word. Right. You don't know where those point, though, those extra point tiles are going to be because they move after Ooh. each turn. So that's, that that's makes devious. it. Yeah. It's just so addicting. I like it so much better than words. With, and I loved words with friends. That I hardly play anymore. I play Apple Dabble. Love it. Especially for 99 cents. You can't beat it. Yeah. It's a great game. How about you, Gaz? Uh, well, actually, my pick this week is from Fat Cat Software, wow. and it's and it's <laughs> I, it's iPhoto Library Manager. I've actually had this software for some time because um, I used it to enable me to get some photos on an iPod Touch because my daughter was using um, the main library through uh, the server on iTunes, although she had a different iTunes um, account, for some reason, the iPhoto library, which was a shared iPhoto library, wouldn't allow two separate devices to have different photos on it. So I used iPhoto uh, Library Manager to put some photos. This, I mean, it's going back. It's easier now. But, so this is going back a couple of years. Um, but iPhoto Manager allowed me to put those photos in a separate folder and then I could sync them to my iPod. However, whilst going away on holiday this time, one of the things I do is take rather a lot of photos. And when I come back, I then spend several days, possibly even weeks, <laughs> 
sorting them out, you know, cropping them and making sure. some slight color adjustments in iPhoto. Um, and you know, the, the family's always saying, Oh, can we look at the photos? Can we? And I'm always saying, I haven't finished yet. I haven't finished yet. Anyway, I took the MacBook Air away with me and downloaded the photos onto the MacBook Air and made all my adjustments um, each evening uh, to the photos and kept them in a library on the MacBook Air. And then when I got home, I copied that library, uh, which I called, well, I called it Walkworth because that's pretty much a close place to where we were. I put that library onto the main Mac and then I used iPhoto um, Library Manager to merge the libraries together. Uh, now, initially, I did one merge, and it hadn't seemed to bring across any of my adjustments, but that was my fault because I didn't change something in preferences. Damn it, um, guys. Damn it, yeah. So I deleted the, the photos out of the main library and then re-merged them with the correct adjustments made in preferences, and it brought them all across with all of the adjustments that I've made, all the metadata, everything. Dead easy. So iPhoto Library Manager, $20.00. Now, how would this how would this work with uh, the the conversation that you and David were having with Aperture? <laughs> well, or do you want to save that for the, no, the tech I, fan I, that you're? Going I think to we'll save that for the tech fan that uh, that's going to happen because I think that could be a a, a, a little a long story. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. But iPhoto li- uh, Library Manager does it does lots of things. It, it allows you to uh, manage multiple iPhoto libraries, which can be a little bit. Um, complicated um and i know that lots of people have got lots of different iphoto libraries and um because you think that's the best way to manage it when certainly when iphoto wasn't able to handle uh lots of photos but i I mean i've got in excess of twenty thousand photos in there now Mm. so that's a lot more than i have yeah i've got about 5500 yeah, so it's uh, and iPhoto can handle it, but it's um, you know I think I am getting to that point where I need to have the conversation with David. <laughs> yeah, yeah, about many things. Yes. <laughs> many, many. many now, guy, yeah. Have you got a pick? I do have a pick. Um, my pick this week, and if you get it before April thirtieth, uh, the price is a little bit lower. It's Acorn Three. It's at the Mac App Store by Flying Meat Software. This is the software that I use every single week here on the podcast when I, I put together the, the little graphic that you see when you, when you bring the show up. And it gives you layers. It gives you a lot of the things that you, that you can use with Photoshop if you know your way around Photoshop, which I don't. Uh, I, I wanted something that was easier to use. And so far, Acorn 3 seems – or Acorn is a program in general – seems to be the program that I, I use most often to, to do these quick little jobs that I do. Twenty nine ninety nine until April 30th at the Mac App Store by Flying Meat Software. Thank you. Elisa. Yes. Um, putting to mind that people who wanted to contact you before may not want to do so anymore after listening to this show. <laughs> Thank, uh, you. No. <laughs> Thank you. No thanks to um <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well if they wanted to get a hold of you, how would they do so? Uh I'm Elisa, E L I S A at MyMac.com or on Twitter it's Sensei Dai S E N S E I D A I. Yeah, that's easy to remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how about you guess? Well, people can contact me at gaz at mymac.com or twitter.com forward slash gazmaz. And believe it or not, 
I actually I actually can be contacted electronically. That's <laughs> sometimes that's probably. I thought the, he was going to give you your address then, so people could mail you. Yeah. Oh 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 oh. Well, I can do that. It's uh, guy at mymac dot com, and I can also be reached at twitter dot com forward slash macparrot. <laughs> And uh, of course, if uh, the, I have to, I have to have that handy for all these vacations you take, Gaz. Oh, thanks. So, <laughs> if uh, if you wish to complain to Fearless Leader Tim about the content of our podcast, you can reach him, and he'll let us know about it at feedback at mymac dot com. And believe it or not, Gaz, as as I, evidenced I, earlier, I bet you're going to say you can contact us on Skype. Yes. How with, did you know? With the number being 703-436-9501. Uh, did, I just guessed, Guy. I just guessed. Did you write that number down, Elisa? No. Oh, well, let me give it to you. <laughs> let me give it to you at least one Elisa, more time. Elisa, that was not what to say. <laughs> it's area code 70. No, don't talk. I'll have to do it again. 703-436-9501. Did you write it down that time? I have it. Oh, great. Seven three four three six nine five zero one. Should I read it back to you? Yes, please. Seven zero three four three six nine five zero one. Did you write that down, Gaz? I've all written right, it down. Right. Okay, I'm I've done. written it on my forehead <laughs> backwards so that I can look at it in the mirror. Correct. Uh, you can also please leave us uh, uh, comments on iTunes. And thank you, Bob DeGrand, for our latest iTunes comment. We really do appreciate that. It really does help the show when you uh, when you do leave comments in iTunes. And I think we're done. Super. Yeah. Super. Well, super is in super long show tonight. Uh, mm. Thank you, Elisa, for coming on tonight. Glad hey. to be here. Hey. And I'm so I'm very happy you're back from vacation, Gaz. I, I'm always glad to be back. And I have no idea if I'm ever going to go on vacation again. I need mm. to go. So I need to go. To, I need. I need a vacation. Yeah. You. You need to go on vacation next week and leave me in the quagmire. Yeah. 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 Tropical island sounds nice. Oh, tropical. I, you know, um, bit off topic as usual. Earlier today, some I was talking to somebody about uh, a particular job that I used to have, where I would design security systems, and uh, it turned out one of the systems I had to design was for a facility in Hawaii. So in the course of about a year and a half, I went to Hawaii five times. Oh yeah. And must, it got must to have been awful. Oh, it was all, it was, it was terrible. I would actually wait until a couple days before the trip and then go to my wife and say, Oh yeah, God, I got this another trip to Hawaii. Can you believe it? Long flights. And, and she just looked at me and say, shut up, just shut up. You're leaving me here in the snow with two kids to go to Hawaii for a week. I don't want to hear it. But the reason why I bring all this up has nothing so much to do with Hawaii. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering. <laughs> we were talking about there's this Portuguese pastry called malasadas. If so we've ever, gone from we've gone from a Hawaii to, to Portugal to Portugal to pastries. Right. There is a link, and these are like little donut, you know, empty donut balls that are coated in cinnamon and sugar. And if you get them when they first come out of the oven or the the, the fryer. You bite into them, and the warm air that's inside the empty part just, like, coats the whole inside of your mouth with, like, this cinnamon sugar flavor. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is I started talking about this to this guy at work, and I realized 
that the only place I know of to get these is Leonard's uh, Bakery in Honolulu. And my task for everyone listening to this podcast is to find me someplace on the East Coast that makes malasadas because I need them so badly. Oh, I thought you were taking us on a road trip. Uh, well, that would have to be one hell of a ramp leaving California. <laughs> get up, get up to about 600 miles an hour. And I think that's going to do it for the show. Find me masaladas. Malasadas, I mean. <laughs> I want one. Okay. Yeah, that could have been really bad. Well, it was, but I need malasadas. Okay. So thanks for downloading the show. Get Find me malasadas. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, malasadas. Good night, Gaz. Good night, Guy. Good night, Elisa. Good night. Malasadas. Good night. Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. Please send all feedback to feedback at MyMac.com or call our Skype number and leave a message. The phone number is 703-436-9501. If you enjoyed the MyMac.com podcast, make sure you check out the other family of podcasts all from MyMac.com and all free on iTunes, including The Geekiest Show Ever, App Minute with Sam Levin, and Tech Fan with Tim Robertson. There was a young woman named Bright, whose speed was much faster than light. She set out one day in a relative way and returned on the previous night. Malasadas.